0: But ear my peace to your heart Live on the air, live on the air. Welcome to another edition of the BCSN Sports Rap. Always trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I I don't know what you're hearing out there. You, it can sound like a Star Wars movie right now, Drew. You got all kinds <laughs> of stuff going on in the background, you know? Yeah. But anyway.
1: This uh, would be cool if they couldn't hear hear the conversation that we hear. But yes, I, sure I don't know.
0: Did. I don't know. You know, who knows if anybody can hear the background conversation, you know? Uh, but you know, yeah. this is how, this is how the sauce gets made. Look, you know what I'm saying? It's like going to a restaurant, Drew, where they have the open kitchen in the background. Right. And, uh, you just right, see everything right, going right. on. You see the cooking. you see the chef yelling in the background, Hey, I need some sauce, some sauce over here. So it's just, as it long, it long as you don't see the butcher, long
1: you don't see the butcher room where they do the beat at though. You know, you don't want <laughs> exactly. to see that. I've, I've worked in <laughs> enough restaurants. You don't want to see that. That's all I right, gonna right. say.
0: All right, there you go. So uh, shout out to producer Melody out there doing the damn thing, Uh, producer Roy. Uh, We are the BCSN sports Trap, Brian and uh, AD here. And uh, it's good to be back with you on this MLK weekend. Uh, Drew, we got a lot of basketball news to talk about on today's show. A lot of buzzer beaters. Conference play is heating up, my friend. And, uh, man, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. So on today's show, we'll try to get into uh, some of the basketball happenings a little bit later on uh, in our show. We'll kind of start the first segment with that. And then in the second hour, Charles Edmonds of Alcorn State Sports Radio is going to be joining us. I tell you, one of the hottest teams in the Slack right now that I don't think anybody saw coming was the Alcorn State Braves. And they are –
1: so Brian, here, here's the question: With that, at what point are teams going to be who we thought they were? Because I think it's still too early to say the some of these old and whatever one or whatever teams are that bad, and some of these and old teams are that good. What point do we say, especially given COVID, that teams are contenders or pretenders?
0: I'm gonna go February one. The problem with that, though, you could be in a hole. You could be down a couple of wins, and it may never get you out. Uh, for example, speaking of some schools, uh, whether it be some schools in the MIAC who have not played, uh, there's a handful of schools who still haven't played a conference game. There are schools in the SWAT who took some L's due to forfeits. Uh, other teams that are experiencing the COVID protocols and uh, games that they could be winning, they're not getting a chance to win. So all of that's going to affect and, and, you know, hate to say it, but it's giving confidence to teams who are actually playing. So I, I don't know, Drew, I don't know if we'll really know. It, I say Valentine's Day, maybe around Valentine's, we might know who they are, uh, who we thought they were. Uh, but but yeah. then again, that could be too late.
1: It's going to be too late for some other teams, but yeah, I'm kind of like you, February one. 1- Uh, is going to be normally by this time by mlk day you kind of got a good sense of who's who but i don't think anyone in any conference of our hbcus has played with a full squad yet either they've missing a coach they're missing one of the players in their rotation been somebody has been missing the entire season so it's it's probably is going to take to around uh February before we really have a good sense
0: of who's, who's going to do what this season. Right. Um, so as we move off the basketball court, we're going to get into a little conversation coming up in this first hour with uh, good friends, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill of inside the HBCU sports lab and uh, Jamie Walker from uh, coach work productions uh, who will be, we'll be breaking down some of this. Look, you thought conference churning was dead. Now it, it it comes back again. It's like it's it's like Omicron. It's like Delta. I don't know what version of conference turning we're on, but uh we're on a new variant <laughs> that, that, of conference can,
1: can conference. we can we can we use a, new, uh, a different analogy, bro? Anything
0: I almost with that analogy. I almost used something much worse and I caught myself in mid-sentence. So, I'm going to stick You know, to COVID. you you sound like you sound like me
1: on that one coming up with bad analogies. That's, that's my job, Brian. You cannot do that. You are the voice of reason on this show. I'm the one who says the crazy things. You're, now you're trying to steal my thunder. I'm the one who's supposed to say that it's is another version of COVID with these uh,
0: conference churning. I got you. All right. I, I'll leave that to you. But uh, th- those guys will come in as uh, some, some news regarding Hampton university and uh where they're potentially be moving to, and how that will affect their Big South uh, compatriot—I uh, don't even know if that's the right word—but uh, uh, North Carolina A&T. And so we'll, we'll get a chance to talk all uh, about all of that coming up a little later. But Drew, let's get into let's get into some basketball talk here in the first segment before time gets away from us. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to the JBN uh, YouTube page. And if you're watching on Facebook, make sure you like. uh, Go ahead and share the show here uh, as we get going. First buzzer beater I want to get to, Drew, happened in Baltimore, Maryland. As uh, Coppin State's Ninda Tark, Uh, Ninda Tark, who, uh, who, whose brother uh, last year actually was the offensive and defensive player of the year. But Coppin State, with the score tied up at 76 after a pair of free throws, Oh, Ninden just gave a little heave-ho from about half court. And what do you know, a half-court buzzer beater goes in. Coppin State gets the win uh, with about, a, I'd say, about a 60-footer, uh, which beautifully right down the middle, off the glass, and Coppin State moves to two and zero in MIAC play. Morgan State dropped to one and one. Drew, uh, you got a chance to watch the highlights. Uh, what are your thoughts? What's so the best buzzer beater that you've uh, that you've tossed up or or had a chance to watch?
1: Me personally, you talk about from this weekend or in general, because. Uh, and anybody goes to my Twitter page, uh, at BCSN drew, I retweeted about four or five HBCU buzzer beaters uh, from the weekend. And, Brian, by the way, I just was sent another buzzer beater that uh, didn't even make that tweet list that I put out, and I'm going to uh, – you know, when we go on break, I'm going to email that one to you. And maybe, you know, if we uh, show some of these buzzer beaters throughout this show, we may need to add that one to the highlights uh, also. So, uh I'm, but yeah, th- that I'm, one made ESPN top 10. So you have to put that one up there.
0: Well, that one made ESPN top 10. But I wonder if your video that you received, by any chance, could it have been Stillman? And Stillman? Yes, yes, it Yes, it was. I, Okay, that was where I was going with number two as Stillman College capped off a trip to William Carey University with a buzzer beater in overtime um, as David Reynolds hit a game winner from half court to give Stillman a 66-64 to 64 win in overtime, stopping Stillman's, uh, had a little two-game losing streak there. And I mean, it was the same. And according to uh, what I'm reading here from Stillman College, running the same play from last year's buzzer beater, which Devin Merriweather hit Reynolds, the 6'3", 230-pound forward from Pensacola, Florida, hit the shot out of a Stillman timeout uh, to answer a three-pointer by William Carey College with three seconds left in overtime. So, I'm looking forward to you going ahead and dropping that out there at BCSN and Drew. And, and and you know what I'd like to see? If someone from Stillman, I know Stillman always uh, pays attention to what we do. I would love to see a mirror of the play from last year involving Merriweather and then the shot by, uh, by David Reynolds. That's what I'd love to see.
1: Well, well, once we finish this podcast, uh, I'm going to call the SID at Steelman. I don't know. He he may have been listening to us as we was talking about it, which may have been why he uh, texted me as soon as we got on to tell us about this. But uh, I'm going to call the SID from Steelman, Chris Meganson, and see if he can uh, pull those two clips for us together. And we may run it uh, – what the heck, We may I may send it over to Doc show and have him running on Tuesday night uh, when he uh, does his uh, basketball
0: recap. Right, right. That being well, inside while the
1: HBCU Sports Lab.
0: Yeah, uh, while we're talking about close finishes and games that went down to the buzzer, how about the one that went on in Montgomery, Alabama at Alabama State? Wasn't quite a buzzer beater, but uh, Kenny Strawbridge, a young man who already is in the books, uh, and made a Sports Center top ten, I believe, for a game winner last year against Southern. This year against their in-state rival Alabama A&M, with the score tied up at 55, he hits a nice little putback layup with 24.7 seconds left. Alabama State goes on to get a huge win over their rival in state. Uh, that was one of the ones that uh, you and I both tweeted out uh, earlier today. Um, and then, as I think of buzzer beaters or maybe shots that could have won the game, how about the two that could have won some ball games, Drew? In the slack, for starters, you had Texas Southern taking on Alcorn State, and Alcorn State had a lead as much as 18 in the second half, 11 uh, with about five minutes to go. But Texas Southern showing the heart of a champion. Battle back, got it to within one point. Actually, had a put back layup that could have given them the lead against Alcorn State, but they missed the layup. Uh, had two chances there, uh, to take a go ahead basket against Alcorn State. So, Alcorn State snatching, uh, what do you like to say? I like to say sometimes snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, uh, yes. barely avoided the upset in dramatic fashion, but Alcorn state still remains unbeaten in SWAC play. And also in the SWAC in Mississippi Valley state, you had a game 62 to 60 that ended with a shot. I've never seen this before drew, but a baseline jump shot that could have been a game winning shot, get wedged between the backboard and the rim. Uh, and, And Mississippi Valley state, unfortunately loses to Bethune Cookman. Any other buzzer beaters that I missed there in that run?
1: No, uh, but Brian, I do have some good news. Yeah. Chris was listening to us and uh-huh. he said he just texted me the uh buzzer beater from last year, also. So Ooh. we'll see I'll see if I can get those over to our producer and let them do what they do behind the scenes and see if we can get those uh those clips up at some point in time today. If nice. not, once nice. again, you'll see them on Inside the HBCU
0: Sports Lab on Tuesday. Right, right. Um, so plenty of uh, college basketball to uh, to talk about. We'll get into a little bit more of the college basketball uh, stories from the past weekend. Um, any other highlight, any other team that you want to highlight before we get out of this particular segment drew any any one team or uh game that you want to highlight
1: are we staying with the uh, division one level we talk college basketball in
0: general roll spin the wheel wherever you want to go with it
1: a savannah state women yeah undefeated yeah uh paul quinn men uh when you take out the division one games that are considered exhibition games undefeated so mm-hmm. we could talk about those Talladega's men uh, with, with that long loss on the season. Top one of the top teams in, uh, in AIA. Uh where, where, where else do you want me to spend it without spending without it landing on COVID Brian?
0: Well, yeah, don't, don't go too deep because we want to, we want to just set that up as a primer for us to come back and something to talk about here a little bit later in the show, especially when we get Charles, I do want to make mention, of a, a great game that I thought I saw between Howard and Norfolk state on uh, Saturday played in bird gymnasium at Howard uh, Norfolk state. Somehow nor- the, the easy winner of the day, this was my stone cold lead pipe lock that i never got a chance to really send out. Norfolk state was a three and a half point underdog going up against a team that had not played in about mm, 21 days. Uh, Norfolk State gets the 77-74 win. Although, I'm not going to lie, Drew, I sweated that a couple times because Norfolk State blew some leads there in that ballgame. But uh, Norfolk State gets the win. Uh, Joe Bryant, I'm telling you, uh, as I just saw a tweet by Stephen Gaither, so I can't even take credit for that. Um, Joe Bryant <laughs> putting, up, putting up some ridiculous numbers this week as as Stephen Gaither tweeted out a lot for player of the week, averaging something like 25 a game and just the, 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 the shot production and the, the look, I'll get into this deeper, but when I watch some teams, I just shake my head at the level of basketball I'm watching. But every time I watch Norfolk state, I, I don't come away disappointed at what I'm watching. I tell you, I I am what coach Robert Jones has going on at Norfolk state right now is top level. And I need, I would, Look, we talk about I have a dream. I have a dream for every black college basketball team to get on that level, to get on the level with, uh, with uh, Norfolk State and what Coach Robert Jones is doing over there because, I mean, the, the, just the production and what I saw and, and just the way they play, I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, Drew, let's take a break because we've got our guests coming up in the next segment, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill from inside the HBCU Sports Lab, and then Jamie Walker is going to be joining us, and we're going to get into a little conversation, Uh, the new variant of conference churning. We'll talk about that coming up after this break. You're watching the BCSM Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping Cakes in a Jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting sugarchateaudesserts.com. Q-Time
3: is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located
2: in the historic West End.
3: Q-Time soul food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404 758 2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q Time, an Urban Passport
4: member. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit um, HBCUPrideJoy.com and and follow us on all social media and HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
5: Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. We're coming open in after Avenue, this, guys. Right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Okay. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life.
2: Oh, we've got a good-
5: Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 698 3992. Or log on to Mango'sCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text MANGOS to
1: 313131. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Mango's
5: Caribbean hungry. Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Oh,
0: open up the door. But you're my piece to your heart. Okay, uh, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Ad here, and coming up here in this segment, we've got our guests joining us: uh, Doctor Kenyatta Cavill and Jamie Walker. It's going to be joining us here in a second.
1: There they are.
0: We got them.
6: Yes, All sir. right. All right. How you
0: How you doing, Doc? How you doing, Jamie? I'm
6: doing well. Good, how
0: are you? Great,
1: great. I, I, good to have you guys. I, I got. I said like, I got to get this in. You know, Brian got Doctor Kiyata Kavil on here. You know, I I I had this homework assignment. I thought I was doing good with this conference churning uh, work, <laughs> but. It's, it, 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 I had to call Doc. I, we had to get some special office hours in on this one, uh, Dr. Cavill. We took it from office hours to a full-blown study session. So we, we invited Jamie in with us too. I like it. I like
0: it. Well, uh, the, the Friday news dump, which is a real thing. If you don't believe in the Friday news dump, just pay attention to what goes on out there and when certain stories get dropped because the Friday news dump, uh, just dropped a bombshell of uh, bombshells over the uh, uh, on Friday as it came out. Uh, I believe John Rothstein of uh, I think he's of CBS Sports. I don't know if he was the first to report it or who was actually the first. He seems to be the one that a lot of people are referencing. Uh, reported that Hampton University is uh, ready to leave the Big South uh, Conference and moved to the CAA, which is the Colonial Athletic, I believe it's the Colonial Athletic Association, along with Monmouth, who's actually another Big South opponent, or Big South school, and uh, and then Stony Brook. I, I think, I don't know, I don't even know where, I think Stony Brook is somewhere. They're not in the uh, Big South, but it, it's not quite a rating of the Big South. But anyway, Hampton being the big draw, and of course, if you think about the, the arc of Hampton University. Um, I believe they were one of the founding members of the CIAA as far back as 1920. Uh, I think I read that the CIA was founded on their campus. <laughs> so uh, after years in the CIAA, they moved to the MEAC in the late 90s, right before the turn of the century. Spent about a good 20 something years in the MEAC. And, and then I think it was 2018 when they left the MEAC to go to the Big South and now appear to be moving. And so, Doc, I know you have, uh, uh, obviously, in, in your nature of work and what you do, but just as a historian, one of the interesting quotes that I read was a quote that said, moving to the Colonial Athletic Association was part of the plan all along. That kind of surprised me. Uh, I think that was a quote that was attributed to Dr. Dennis Thomas when he was the athletic director at Hampton. But when you hear that quote, what what, what do you hear when you hear that? And, and maybe just speak on, if you can, uh, how this move came about and just your general take. Yeah, I
7: think when you read the historical framing of it, uh, it puts you in the mindset that the aspirations of the individuals involved that were leading, namely President Harvey as it's intriguing that he has announced his retirement, uh, but uh, some people says he's got his, you know, his dream of what he wanted to bring the athletic department in alignment with the CAA. Uh, oddly enough, it's called Colonial, which brings in so many different frameworks that makes this even more intriguing as a com- you know, conversation. But it is what it is. But it's my understanding, if you're reading that article and you talk to people particularly connected with Hampton and knows that uh, know President Harvey, that his goal was to align Hampton University with the institutions associated with um, the CAA. I think what also is intriguing about this, as we, we must put in the context of the conversation, of the CAA has churned as well. So this is not the same CAA. That he wanted in terms of his aspiration at that time. And so I'm not sure how many people will really reference and talk about that when they say, you know, this is a long lasting dream. And I think that's something that we have to put into context when we get a little deeper into this dialogue.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Drew. If you gotta if you just jump in there if you want to.
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna uh I'm gonna shift the focus to Jamie. Jamie. North Carolina yes. AT, A, a-, a- join Hampton in the Big South. We in HBCU were looking at this as a potential new rivalry, or renewed rivalry in the Big South. One that was came from the SWAC, excuse me, from the BAC, and were actually originally from the CIAA. Biak, and then uh, following them into the Big South. So what is your feelings as a North Carolina a alum and fan on now you're there by yourself in a similar situation as a Tennessee State is in the OVC? And we will get to Tennessee State a little bit later on in this conversation. Go ahead with that.
6: It's interesting, Drew, because – the way that everything went down when it came to actually choosing the Big South, um, it was never a question of what the motives was, but, but behind the ultimate goal, but I always questioned why the Big South. So it took me doing some research as well. And I, quite honestly, the Big South is a stepping stone to another conference. That is how several teams have used this conference to actually springboard themselves into other places. So I think, quite honestly, with the headquarters being in Charlotte, with the teams being, you know, within the the immediate, you know, vicinity of of the the Big South footprint, it made sense if they were going to jump conferences per se. If they were, you know, looking to springboard themselves and, in, in, you know, further in the the, the FCS but I always question why the big South. And so, you know, those that have, you know, a, you know, a more of an inside presence than I do uh, within the school have said, you know, this is not the end goal. This was the, the big South was never the big, the the end goal. The big South was just being, um, I guess, in a sense, being used to springboard themselves <laughs> into, into another, into another conference. Uh, and, and, you know, if you talk to, you know, you know, there's several, you know, blogs and, and, and folks that are inside the actual university uh, that, that have deeper, you know, um, I guess, you know, more, more coverage or more footage than I do uh, or, or just, you know, are able to talk to those insiders that, you know, they're not surprised by this at all, uh, especially Hampton. It was never set to be, you know, it was cool that Hampton was in the same conference. But the this talk that they were going to the colonial, which which Doctor Cavill you, you may have hit it right on the head. It is interesting just based on it his name. But um, but that was the, the that was the goal. You know, you know President Harvey of of Hampton, you know, talked about how he wanted to have that rival with William and Mary. So it was it you know having you know that thought process. And, and, you know, just the schools within the state of Virginia, um, I think Hampton's goals wasn't necessarily for the progress of HBCUs per se. Um, there was some other interest in there as well. And so, it, you know, a t at this point, you know, simply is just saying, okay, from a football standpoint, because you're talking about five teams that play football, if Monmouth and, you know, it eventually goes as well. Because, I mean, that's been rumored, but it hadn't been confirmed. You know, you got five football playing institutions. You know, the rest of those schools are in the A-Sun. So what do you do now at this point?
1: And, and let's be real, Jamie. We've been around in this media long enough to know whether smoke or fire. If, if it's rumored, it's probably 90% of the time it's going to happen. We all We all know that. So it's just a matter of timing.
6: I agree. I, I mean, but from – you know, you try to look at this from a a, a totality standpoint when, when you're talking about all sports, but we all know football moves, moves the needle when it comes to a lot of these, you know, these decisions a lot of times. So I'm not exactly sure what the next move is, but, of course, all of these schools are scrambling. You're talking about, you know, the Colonial losing teams. You know, Dr. Kavir said it earlier. Colonial losing team. So who do you who do you go see to make sure that your conference is on good footing? And so now I'm not exactly sure what the Big South does from here. I mean, but now it's kind of you know A and T, Charleston Southern, you know, and a few more. You know, Kennesaw is is playing a Sun football next year. So what do they do? What do, what does A do at this point? I'm just not sure. But the powers that be seem to feel like they're in. The, in you know, in in good footing right now, and you know everything is fine. At least, you know on the surface. You know, underneath, we hey, we'll we'll find out what the move is.
7: I like I love the way J.B. Walker just keeps it straight. No chasing. Yeah, they seem, seem to think everything's fine. We'll see. But I would like to level set a little bit as we get in there, and then I follow up with some additional questions. I think there's two things that uh institutions are chasing out there specifically is HBCUs. You know there's this huge desire on the athletic side driven by football is to operate your program at the FBS level. you know I've, I've heard that um, by a couple of the back channels if you would in terms of Hampton. their real desire is to get to the FBS level. and this is from folks that talk to the other folks that are extremely high in the ar- hierarchy in terms of administrative framing of this. The other part of this is um, the academic side, which we very rarely talk about, right? Uh, which is the desire for some of these HBCUs to get to be one of the first HBCUs, not only to be FBS, but to be at the R one level. You know, you just heard the announcement that it flooded the market, that Southern and Prairie View A and M got their R two status, and there's ten HBCUs at the R two status now which includes some of the teams in terms of the MEAC, Howard, which has always been recognized um, in terms of the research dollars and the number of doctoral programs and students. Therefore, they graduated in that program. Um, Morgan State is another one that is pushing for that R1. Outside of that, you have North Carolina A&T pushing for R1. Uh, and when you get into the SWAC now, you have FAMU, Jackson State pushing for that Texas Southern uh, in this way is also pushing for that. It slipped, but they they've recommitted their paperwork and they probably will be in a position where they get their R2 status and now you have Southern and um, Prairie to join them. Oddly enough, the only do, Division two program out there that you must consider in this dialogue is Clark Atlanta University. And I talk always about the need to look at them in expansion, which is one of the reasons because people ignore how connected athletics and academics are when you talk about the administrators, the other one outside of that is Tennessee State in terms of OVC. A lot of talk in terms of what that looks like, but I think it's it's important to level set what that means in terms of what this looks. From fan base standpoint, they're looking at rivals. I don't I, – not too much where you can show, particularly in football, maybe a little more in basketball, that Hampton and a were that big of a rival other than when you go back to the CIAA days, which obviously in a lot of ways is ancient history as we look at it in this frame, but it is important to have that connection. Uh, but these are where you frame it. It is also important when you start looking at these things, uh, when we talk about dissecting this, is when you talk about conference movement, we tend to look at football. As everybody said it, Mama Leeds, Big South is down to five teams. That is correct. But if you look on the basketball side, they're still right at 11, 12 teams. And while football is something that gets interest, the money that really pays the bills mm-hmm. At Division One, once you get out of the Power Five conferences, it's really That's basketball because you guarantee the check from the NCAA money, and so you got to look at how much you are splitting that. What does that look like in terms of maintaining uh, that framework? So those are the things that that I'm intrigued when you look at these moves of conference churning of what this is next and what can we anticipate.
1: Now, Doc, let me uh, before before I turn it over to Brian, you you maybe think about something. You know, we saw in the FCS where you saw conference alignments, like what is it, the uh, A7 or something like that, where you had a couple of conferences come together to preserve an automatic bid when teams did not have that six threshold in order to maintain an automatic bid as a separate entity. Do you think that is something that we may see conferences like the – the big south and correct me if I'm wrong. The A sun still does not have six yet. Also, if I uh, if I, if I've got that right, or is, is the A sun part of that uh, that A Seven uh, group that I'm talking about? They the be- Ace
7: the, the create the A Seven, which is this automatic qualifier, and the Seven is because they were the seventh team to ask to be automatic qualified. It was a partnership right. between the WAC and the A sun The Atlantic Sun is the correct. B- That's what I thought. So it's yeah. important when you look at it, there's two ways. It's one, do you have the automatic qualifier and are you trying to maintain it? Two, are you trying to ascend and obtain the automatic qualifier? The unique situation with the a ASUN and the WAC is they never had an AQ because they didn't have football FCS programs. So they were seeking to get the AQ. And the uh, NCAA bylaw says one of the first metrics that you have to do, really, to get any automatic qualifier in any sport is to have what six teams. And there's some uh, other language that I won't add into it, which means contiguous Division One teams for a, um, a m- amount of time. Sometimes they waive that part of it, but essentially you have to have six members. Well, neither of those conferences had six members, so they did the next best thing: is let's partner together together and seek the qualifier as a group framework, and that's where you get the AQ7 from. That is going to be different from Big South or the OVC, that essentially both of them will be going to five teams if Mamas leave. And remember, that's in the sport of football. So there's a couple of things here. They got two years. When you dip below the six, the NCAA just doesn't cut you off automatically. And that's something that we kind of forget either. We like, all right, they down, that's out. No, they give you a probation period, essentially two years. To, what some people say is get your act together, right? <laughs> so you get back to six. Um, and so that's something to think about. The other thing is, is when you talk about the, a son is Jacksonville is the sixth member of that conference. They have decided that they won't go FBS until 2023. So essentially next year, a son can have their automatic qualifying bid because they will be, they'll have six schools at the FCS level. Excuse me. My understanding that whack, when you look at those, they'll actually have six teams as well. So they should be able to have an automatic qualifier. So you're going to have multiple automatic qualifying bids. There's another trigger that says also in the 1AA FCS playoffs as they term it now it says that half the field has to be non-automatic qualifier. So they might have to expand the term. So there's a lot of triggers in here that we really don't look at in these hidden bylaws. It just fascinates me. And I guess you can call me kind of that nerd or, as they say, the dean of this stuff is because I just go and dig and look for all these rules. There's another one out there that we got to remember that talks about what does a conference have to do to maintain its Division One status? Um, And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of backstories about you have to have the sport of football. Then you have to have basketball. If you don't have basketball, then you have to have two other sports. And they look at it both from a men's sports and a women's sports. They look at whether you have team sports versus individual sports. Well, team sports, obviously, that's football, basketball. Individual sports are like track and field um, and some of those sports. So those are some things that you may not have a framing on. Either that you may have to consider in terms of the minimum number of sports for a conference to have classified as Division I to make sure they qualify for the basketball tournament to get their hands on that guaranteed money. So it's a lot of moving parts out here of things that you must consider about what's next. And then you got to think about the the desires of the administration because we tend to look at the AD. And no disrespect to the ADs and vice presidents, on our level, they're not making these decisions. They might come out there and be the front person to tell you, and they're not not making those decisions. I'm sorry. You know, a lot of them are great friends, and some of them, over the years, have put themselves in good positions that they can carry us some favor and have some momentum. But this decision is made by presidents and chancellors and usually one or two people on the board. It's not even a whole board. Now, they get together, and they got the vote. But it's one or two people key on that board that are driving the decisions that everybody else has to follow by. And that's why I laugh when we got these fans How about they going to do all this. I said, Y'all hadn't even studied and researched this. It's not really that simple. It's not AD, VP of athletics, making these decisions. And I'm literally privileged uh, to talk with these individuals, sometimes being in the same room with these individuals, listening to these calls. So I'm not telling you what I think or what I theoretically. I'm telling you what not I already know in regards to yeah. what takes place here. And so, if you want to hear that information, I'm here to give it. If you're not, I can understand. Sometimes this is too much for some people. They just they don't want to <laughs> believe it. They don't. Understand. <laughs> it, it, that's fine. It's not personal. You're not in my class.
1: Look, look, so,
0: doc, doc. I, all I we care about is who we
1: gonna play on Saturday on as a fan.
0: <laughs> no, this fascinating. fascinating. No, it's it's a good point you bring up, Dot, because I think what people also forget is that the NCAA is serves at the will of the presidents, and I've always heard NCAA president Mark Emmert say that when when people fuss at him, he always turns it back to, "Well, we serve at the will of the presidents. You can, I'm there to get beaten up and make a lot of money, uh, but I serve at the will of the presidents." It, it's like the commissioner of the NFL. He serves at the behest of the owners, not the players. So people right. have to. I hate, people... I hate using that word owners, but you're exactly
7: right. He serves yes. as uh, the commissioner of the executives, the executives. Yes, the executives. It's like yes. a 4,500 is yes. We put you a CEO, chief executive officer, but you answer to that board. And there's a chief yes. person on that board. And so if you study businesses, right, let's cut this down because, this all sports is, and that's what we do at Texas Southern University. We teach our students about the business of sport. So y'all can keep up with their fandom, and it's nice, and I have a good time, I follow my team, but I'm looking at everything from a business perspective, culturally, financially, geographically, regionality, historically, right? Culturally, right. frameworks of all these things together, that's what makes up what takes place particularly in this country when you look at
0: sports in general but even more so athletics at the
7: collegiate level
0: right um, that that's what I you know and I firmly believe as you talk about conferences and folks if you are if you are upset about the move that you see Hampton making or what what's gonna happen to AT uh, you know sure if you, you you can you're wasting sort of a a I hate to say you're wasting your breath but you're wasting keystrokes by sending that email and that trigger off to the AD. No, you need to send that over to your president. Send it to your school pre- Oh, sure. Go ahead and copy the AD and the head coach and whoever else you want to blind copy and, or CC on. And
1: CC, CC the board of whatever you call it for your institution,
0: because mm-hmm. public is called one thing, private is called another a lot of people can't find the board. It's easier to find the president's email than it is the board, probably, and it's probably built that way for a reason. Uh, but I would say you go send the send send the president an email uh, if you are in Hampton alum, if you are a North Carolina Ant alum. But I, I personally think that the I will not be surprised to see the NCAA, given uh, what's happening. We talked about the the number of conferences that are dropping down to six and five members. I would not be surprised to see the NCA make some changes to the FCS scheduling or or what it takes to get into the playoffs. Uh, given some of the conference churning and the fact that you only have you have a handful of actually now three. I think three SWAC, uh, CAA, and there may be somebody Matt. else who has 12. The Matt. No, I, well, I was talking about. You got the FCS. Big
1: a big south, you got the big south. Hold on, I was saying saying
0: Missouri the FCS Valley.
1: level twelve teams. Big South. Twelve Big teams. South. You got oh, big I South. Think he's talking south.
7: about he's talking about football. Football stuff. I'm talking yes. football, football. 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 Yeah. Yeah, not the,
1: not the big, big south, a uh, big sky. sky. Yeah. Big, sky. Okay. Meant yes. big sky. I mean big sky. I bet to say big sky. You've got the swag, Missouri and you got Valley the football. Missouri conference, Valley. The
7: CAA yes. And the swag. Right. And right. And the so Missouri I mean,
1: Valley football conference is different than the Missouri Valley basketball conference. Everybody needs to know that.
0: Yeah. Um, let me bring this as as we are, are uh coming forward and, and, and spinning this and before we get ready to close out on this segment. Jamie as you're hearing from North Carolina AMT alums and, and in the discussions that are going on, uh what do you what do you project? What what does the future look like if you had to guess or educationally guess what it might look like in 2022 or 23. It's interesting. You hear a, a split of
6: of people because I'm, I'm both in the know with with folks that are more um, in tune with the um, athletic directors and, and presidents, and then I, I know former players and, and and fans. And I think culturally, players and fans are more in tune with preserving HBCU culture and wanting to go back to that. You saw some of that reflected in attendance. Um, you saw some of that reflected in just um the buzz about A&T in general. You're not hearing much anymore. You know, SWAC is taking, you know, some of uh of um I, I would say the shine away from from what you once heard when it came to North Carolina A&T You know, when you're talking about those schools in the SWAC hiring coaches, talking about recruiting, everything that's going on right now. You know, the SWAC, again, I said in the spring, I'll continue to say it. They're hotter than fish grease right now. And so, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the side of um, those older members that say we want to move up in advance and eventually get to the FBS level, they're saying these are the steps that we have to take in order for a to do this. And I got to include what what Dr. Cavill said about um, the the academia side as well. When you're talking about trying to um, obtain R1 level when it comes to research, you know, that has been a big thing as well. Um, Not saying it's putting down athletics um, in lieu of that, but I think there are some that want to travel in those same circles and you can maintain being a true HBCU and do that at the same time. It's definitely been proven, which by the way, it was surprising to see Clark Atlanta being included in that in that mix as well, because we always talk about wanting to always have that Atlanta market within the SWAC. It's amazing that they're putting, you know, it's it, it was just amazing to me that they were included in HBCUs that were at the R two level. Uh, when I when I just researched and read up some more as well, but you know, as far as the AT is concerned, you do have a division um, of of you know a contingency on both camps. I expect them to remain in the Big South because I think the Big South will will obtain some more teams. But I think at that first jump, that first crack at the FBS level, uh, I think they'll jump into it. I think it's just a matter of time. So in the next two years, yeah, I think they'll remain where they are. But I think at, at the first sign of or first opportunity to get an FBS, I think they'll take it at that point.
0: Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It looks like Drew. Go ahead.
1: Well, I, I, I was going to follow up. You know, Jamie, you said uh, the Big South adding teams, and this is for both the Big South and the uh, CAA. The rumors that they may be trying to raid the B.A.C. again. I'll just go ahead and put it out there. Uh, Doc, please feel free to comment on that. You know, do these other conferences raid and get the B.A.C.? some of these BAC teams to come over, you know, we've heard Howard possibly to the CAA does Hampton wants Howard to join him. There's no secret about that, whether they join him or not, you know, and do we get into all those thinking is, the, is their ice colder than our ice sometimes when we look at some of these decisions, I'll let either one of you all comment on that.
7: Uh, I think there is certainly an idea that you have some institutions that, chase what they see as uh branding their institution and it does come down uh, to ice's colder theory in terms of association i just think that that's misdirection and you really don't understand how institutions are measured if you're trying to brand yourself with those institutions nor are you understanding the cultural relevance between the the governance structure If you allow me to use this African studies framework versus, you know, the um, public structure in terms of what that looks like. And so you're going to have some problems if you don't really navigate this in such a way. And if you hadn't studied it, you're not really from HBCU culture. You can misconstrue what you think you know about the um, culture of HBCU sports and African-American people in general. I think that's something that they need to really uh, be aware of, of that you can't just chase every beanstalk out there. I would say that you need to refrain from using the word raid. If those commissioners heard you use that term, the term, uh, they would shut up uh, in terms of that. Because you got to remember, these are supposed to be partners and they're supposed to work together. And so really, it, uh, for the most part, you don't actively see conferences go after institutions. Usually it's institutions that seek to be aligned with the conference. So it's not going to be the CAA or um, it's going to be the Big South. And I know we're splitting hairs in terms of that it looks like, but I think contextually it's important to make sure that we kind of put that on the table. Now there'll be back channels. The way this works out for people that may may not understand this, very rarely will you get a commissioner that directly calls a president. You'll get some back channels, somebody that's connected with a commissioner or somebody that's connected with the president or chancellor. And like I said, I'm not even really going to deal with the ADs. Sometimes they may, long-standing ADs may have some type of power about what this looks like, but usually they're just the ones that carry out directives. They'll reach out and say, hey, you got any interest. Oftentimes the same thing that you hear at the professional level with coaches, that they have their agents. Same thing, you have these consulting companies and they're the ones reaching out. To an athletic director or president, hey, you got some interest. Uh, this is what we look like. This is what we're trying to do. What's going on? So, you would have to really have insight in terms of what a president, chancellor, or their board to really give some detailed decisions on what's next. The rest of it, if we're doing, is it, just a big old guess and hypothesis. We're playing a big old media game. I don't have any problem with it because I'll entertain it, and people will view and look at it, but. To really get some insight of what the next step is, you need to go directly to the president's chances. And if you know anything about them, and certainly the board, they keep most of the stuff close to the chest in terms of what they're trying to do and what is next. The last thing I kind of wanted to put out is just to give you an example of how detailed you have to understand these bylaws and rules. This is the NCA, uh, I don't even like to call it bylaws, but this is the governance procedure. Is 20.02.5.2 sports sponsorship. A multi sport conference shall satisfy the following requirements. This was adopted January 15, 2011, effective August 1st, 2011. A the conference shall sponsor a minimum of a 12 Division I sports. B the conference shall sponsor a minimum of six men's sports, one of which shall be men's basketball. In addition to men's basketball, the conference shall sponsor football or two other men's team sports. A minimum of seven members shall sponsor men's basketball, and a minimum of six members shall sponsor five other sports, including football or two additional men's team sports. And C, the conference shall sponsor a minimum of six women's sports, one of which shall be women's basketball. In addition to women's basketball, the conference shall sponsor two other women's team sports. A minimum of seven members shall sponsor members shall sponsor women's basketball. A minimum of six members should sponsor five other sports, including two additional women's team sports for a minimum of five members for an emerging sport of women. Why did I say all that? I just want to let you know how thick this stuff really complicated it is. And you go ask an athletic doctor or VP Athletics, do they know rule 20.02.5.2, and look at the facial expression they will show you. (laughs) (laughs) That gives you an indication that all of this is just a big ball of fun in regards to what's next. I love it. It's frustrating. It's entertaining. And that's what it's all about. At the end of the line, are people trying to do some constructive things? Yes. Uh, But for the most part, it's a big guess in terms of what they're trying to do. And there's so many moving parts that you can go in one direction, and you'll find out later that it's not going to
0: really work. Uh, Jamie, give you a chance. Any final thoughts you want to share on 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 the topic uh, before we close out here? I mean, just <laughs> I think Doctor Caville kind of kind of summarized
6: it. You're dealing with a bunch of banter and a bunch of guessing about what everybody will do, and at the end of the day, we are all guessing. <laughs> we are all guessing at this point. I just want the football season to care. I'm excited about you know what's gonna go on with it, but as far as what will happen with any school at any time, your guess is as good as mine.
0: <laughs> well said. Uh, make sure you guys out there follow Jamie Walker on Twitter at Sport Voice JW. Sport Voice JW. Jamie Walker, Coachwork Media. Uh, hey, how, how's your? You've been enjoying your snow day up in Atlanta, Jamie.
6: You know what, man? On my side of town, I'm on, on I'm on the east side, Covington, Conyers area, and so you know it snowed, but it didn't stick. So you know my kids are 16 and 11 now, so. They didn't want to do anything. They played the PS Five and then was we on the computer. They just looked at it. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't no fun anymore, man.
0: <laughs> it's all, it's all, I saw people having snowball fights, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, really? It's like that." I mean, so. Man, well, you're from yes. Indiana,
1: man. You're used to this, man. Not, man, when you when know. you grow up in this, it does
0: not phase you anymore. Isn't is that right, Brian? <laughs> it was just fun watching all you guys. Like I said, my timeline full of Atlians. Uh just standing out in the snow, just uh like, hey, it's snowing out here. You know, I thought that was real fun. So uh hopefully it melts as fast as it came down because you don't want to be around the next two days if it doesn't melt. So uh oh, no. good Yeah. <laughs> good luck to you guys. Uh Dr. Kenyatta canville every Tuesday and Thursday night, right here on the block college sports network, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T. A C A V I L, Doctor Kenyatta Cavil, Dr. or at Inside HBCU Sports One on Twitter is where you can find it. And Doc, I got a homework assignment that I'd like to submit. Proposal that I'd like to submit, and it has to do with what is the, the question that I'm putting out there? What is it? What money specifically are schools chasing or running to the FBS to get? What mm. money? Are they running? I have a thought. I have a theory as to what they're running to the FBS to get. So I'm curious. That's I'm just putting that out there, maybe to the lab listeners, or you know, that's that's my submission for some extra credit work. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I may have to come in and, and give my thoughts later, but uh, I just thought I'd throw that out I, to you. I love that. We need to need to put that up as an assignment,
7: and we come back and chop it up a little more to see your thoughts in terms of your ideas, and see what the uh, listeners out there pondering in terms of their thoughts
0: of that question and homework assignment. All right. Make sure you guys follow Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC sports lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, Tuesday, Thursday nights. Uh, and uh, doc, we'll see you there. Jamie doc. Thank you for coming in and joining us. And coming up in the next segment, we've got Charles Edmond, allcorn state sports radio, joining us the hot team in the SWAT allcorn state. We got to find out how they doing it uh, coming up after these words.
8: I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt.
5: Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. It just cleans better. With a diamond beef texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
2: you see head and shoulders have scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes it's never not working kind of like us we're never not working
7: number 15 that's my rub
8: Ooh, nice never not working
7: never ever never ever not working
2: welcome everybody to juno alaska
7: i don't like
1: this one me neither let's get out of here dandruff protection that's never not working head and shoulder scalp shield technology
2: Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping Cakes in a Jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single served container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Q-Time is a classic Atlanta
3: soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time soul food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404 758 2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q Time, an Urban Passport member.
4: It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories. Officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCU and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Okay, I didn't hear my didn't hear my intro music. That's all right. Uh join us right now on the BCSN Sports Wrap uh, the voice of Alcorn State Sports Radio, Mr. Charles Edmond, also a diehard in the wool, Die Hard in the woods, St. Louis Rams fan. Very nervous about Matthew Stafford uh, tomorrow that night. That would be
1: Charles,
9: LA Rams, know? Brian.
0: I'm sorry, St. L- Louis. St. L- St. Louis. Yeah.
9: <laughs> it don't matter. The Rams. I'm, I'm worried. Yes.
0: All right. Well, hey, at least you made it, and uh, I I would have won. I, I think I've won the uh, Carson wins versus Matt Stafford bet. Did I win that, or do we have to wait for a, a playoff win? I think you got to wait for a playoff win. All right, all right, all right. I, I'd rather have Matthew Stafford, but anyway, all right. Uh, at least at least I'd be in the playoffs with Matthew Stafford. Let me just say that. All right. So hey, uh, make sure if you guys want to follow uh, Charles, make sure you can follow him on Twitter. At Tall Man Radio, the voice of Alcorn State Athletics. And, Charles, man, the Alcorn State Braves are a basketball powerhouse right now. 4-0 after a big win, taking out Texas Southern, a game that, uh, look, a big, big leads are hard to hold on to. And uh, the Braves had an 18-point lead in the second half, as much as 11, with about five minutes to go, and nearly let it slip away. What's your thought on what you're seeing from these Braves, from uh, Coach Busby, or
9: Bussey, excuse me. Um, What I'm seeing is I'm seeing a Braves team that's growing up, you know, in front of our very eyes. You know, if you had told me three weeks ago we would be 4-0 in the conference considering what this program had to deal with, COVID issues, going back to the last game against Minnesota, Coach Bussey had COVID, left two coaches at home, Uh, barely could feel the team to take to Minnesota, didn't know how they would come out of the quarantine, and to go to Jackson State and do what they did, that started the process. That started the confidence. And you know how confidence goes. It works both ways. You know, when you start losing a few, you start doubting yourself. When you start winning some games, you feel good about yourself. And that Jackson State game just kind of propelled this team of going to Alabama State and Alabama A&M I don't want to see those teams again. We're only seeing them one time. So we caught them at the right time. Jackson State was coming out of COVID protocols. We did a good job defensively in shutting down McKinnis, one of the better players in the conference. And then last night, you know, that 18-point lead, and you knew Texas Southern was going to make a run, but the Braves made just enough plays. And the thing about this Braves team, every night it's somebody different that's scoring the basketball. Uh, It was Linnell Henry, a Prairie transfer who was with Coach Bussey when he was an assistant coach at Prairie View, had a great night against Jackson State. Then you had Dominic Bruton had a good night. Uh, Then last night, Justin Thomas had a good night. You don't know where the offense is coming from. And this is from a coach that stresses defense first. So when you add all that, the base can just lock down some people. They've got the pieces to score as many points as they need to score. And that's part of the reason why where we are, where we are right now, offensively, it's total shock that we're getting 60, 70 points a game. Because Landon Bussie thought 65 would be the, the target. But we're doing way more than that right now. And our defense is pacing our offense.
0: Uh, that That's scary. In college basketball today, to hear a coach say that 65, I know that had to shudder. I know that had to, some fans had to be like, ooh, really? 65? Is that what we're going to be this year? Um, but, you know, hey, I, I when I go back and look at the schedule and uh, look, no no home game, I mean, outside of the initial exhibition game, uh, on the road for well, – look, I, I complained last year. I, personally, I complained a year ago when I saw FAMU with 13 consecutive road games. I, how many consecutive road games has it been, including – the first three SWAT games, what was the run there? Uh it looks like about fifteen?
9: Yeah. We yeah. were the last team in division one to have a home game. Everyone else in the country at every level had a home game except us going into last night's game. And I think those road games really helped us, you know, believe it or not. I mean, we can have a whole nother conversation as to why we have so many. That's been a discussion forever today. That's a whole nother show, a whole nother subject. But being with this team on the road, this team really grew up. You know, we played two number one teams, different teams, at one point in our conference. We played Baylor when they were number one, and we played nope. Gonzaga when they were number one. Wow. Is there a team in the country that's done that? Nope. Probably not. Is there a team nope. that didn't have a home game until now? Nope. So I think this this Braves team is doing it in a bunch of different ways. And we still don't have all of our pieces. You know, we were without one of our bigs last night, Dontrell McQuarters, who won't play tomorrow night. And so we're, we're getting it done without having our full roster. And you have to credit Landon Bussey, being an assistant at Prairie View. He's been there, done that, bought the T-shirt with the championships, being the lead assistant. He knows what this is about. He knows what this looks like. And I think he's got to keep the team grounded. I don't think there's any doubt that he'll do that. Uh, because he's playing his former team tomorrow night. I guarantee he's fired up to, to play his former team tomorrow night.
0: No doubt,
1: no doubt. Go ahead, Drew. All right, Charles. Uh, a couple things that uh, you mentioned that I want to dive a little bit deeper up on. You, you said you guys have been on road with 14, 15 games. It seems like seems like forever and a day. Of those roads, or those road swings, especially when you look at it at Swag Play. Which of those teams that you only play once because it's not a true round robin anymore? Or are you happy that you're not playing a second time? Uh, and those teams that have to come to you only play once, that you're actually happy that you're getting them at home instead of that because of the atmosphere or the tough travel to that place or some of those things? What kind of break that down for me if you could?
9: Well. You know, some teams you're only playing once. A lot of teams you're playing twice. So the teams that we're playing once, the Alabama teams, Alabama State and Alabama A&M, um, we play them once this year at their place. They'll come to us next year. And we play Southern once. We play Grambling once. They come to us in a couple of weeks. So next year we'll, we'll, we'll return those games. I think if you look at the schedule right now, and I think you have to break down – what teams you're playing once? I, I don't want to see the Alabama teams again. I don't want to. I don't want to see them because I think they're going to get better. Mo Williams is going to have his team playing well. They won last night. a and just athletic. I don't want to see them again. And then got Southern. You know, Southern lost last night at, at Grambling. It's always hard to win there. We only see them one time. So I mean, it, it's going to be on a rotating basis, kind of like the football schedule. Um, and you got to look at that. You know, we're going to see Texas Southern again. We're going to see Prairie View again. We're going to see Jackson again. So it just kind of rotates around. But I think, you know, this schedule right now for where the Braves are doing, it's a very favorable schedule. Now, I will say this, Brian Fulford, that Florida swing next week, I'll be in your backyard come Friday and Saturday. Uh, those are two trap games. If we go to Florida yes. thinking that, you know, we're going to lay out on the beach and, and have fun, we're going to get two losses and then the race is wide open. I mean, I'm sure you know that as you're smiling there. But, uh, you know, we're only playing some teams once. And I think the schedule favors Alcorn right now, considering we're undefeated. But, you know, you got to take it one game at a time. Again, we still haven't had our entire roster. You know, you're an injury away. Um, So you just got to take it one at a time. And I think the Braves are doing a good job of doing that and not looking ahead.
1: All right. Next question I got for you, Charles. Obviously, Alcorn thus far – is the surprise when it comes to basketball in the swag? the good surprise when it comes to basketball in the SWAC. What are some of the other surprises that you have seen as you uh, have looked at or traveled around the SWAC as far as good and bad when it comes to SWAC basketball, both on the men and the women's side?
9: Um, I would say on the men's side, the surprise would be Jackson State's men. You know, there was a must win last night against Prairie View. They were 0-3, staring at 0-5 the way they were playing. If they didn't win last night, I think it's going to be tough to beat Texas Southern tomorrow. Then they go to Florida with us. They could be staring at you know, 0-7, 1-6, and then they're in trouble for a team that played so well. So I think on the men's side, that's a that's a surprise on, on, the, on the negative end. Um, I, I think, obviously, the Braves are the, the, the big surprise. I think right now I, there's not many other surprises that I can think of um, I think Valley's still trying to figure it out. Pine Bluffs men has a first-year head coach. He's still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, Bethune and FAMU are just kind of you know going back and forth. Not not much of a surprise there. First year in the SWAC. On the on the women's side, um, the Lady Braves struggling the way that they are. I think that's kind of a surprise. Um, we're kind of undersized. You know, we got to play really well to win we got to create turnovers, and we we done that, but we're not shooting the ball very well. So I think that's kind of a surprise, you know, that you know we played well last night against Texas Southern, had a chance to win the game. But I think as far as on the women's side, I would say Don Brown and UAPB. I mean, if you look at the non-conference schedule, they won the USM tournament. They had a pretty decent non-conference schedule, and uh, they, they looked pretty good last night. So I, I, I think UAPB on the women's side, I think Southern University, even though they lost last night, definitely not a surprise. So I think right now it's, it's still kind of early. You know, I think COVID is playing a part in this for me personally. I'm giving it a little more time because of all the pauses and starts and stops. I'm gonna give it another week or two, another game or two, to kind of see how this, see how this schedule and, and how this and how the standings are round out.
1: Last question before I turn it back over to Brian, and on the women's side. Is there anybody who's going to be able to give Jackson State a competitive uh, game on the women's side? Because they look like they could could run through this conference uh, and, oh, we'll just put it like that.
9: Yeah, Jackson State, it's going to take a good team on a good day, and Jackson State's going to have to have a bad day. When you talk about Amisha Williams, the thing about Jackson State, and I think the three teams that have quality bigs, A&M, Dorianna Lewis, Jackson State with Amisha Williams, and Alabama State can throw a bunch of bigs at you. Um, I think for Jackson State, it's going to take a really good team on a good day because Amisha Williams has shooters and pieces around her that can still knock the ball in the bucket. Rogan and others, we saw that they can, they can score from all different levels. So it, it's going to take a heck of a lot. Um, they kind of slept walked through the first quarter last night against Prairie View, and then they just turned it on and, bl- and blew the doors off of it. And I'm sure Coach Reed got on a team about that. But it, I, I don't see it. But I will say, if there's one team that could trip them up, and I think because they have the quantity of bigs, and I saw it last week, it's Alabama State. They got the shooters. They can hit from three. And they can throw a lot of bigs at Amisha Williams, maybe frustrator, bracketer. If there's one team I think that can do it, it's Alabama
0: State. And they've got the motivation. Alabama State, if anybody has the motivation, uh, given the fact that how they lost out to them in the uh, SWAC championship game and the way that game went in the final two minutes, uh, they they definitely have the motivation to. I, I have seen the COVID protocols rear its head already affecting some teams with losses. I've seen other teams have to battle through it. Uh, case in point, Florida a last night, as good as, UAP, as good as UAPB looked, fam, you had to play that game last night without their second, third, and fourth leading score, and in terms of minutes, second, third, fourth. And, and you don't have the head coach. So uh, I was going to ask you, you know and it was it was not very well reported very well known um what's your thought on the covid protocols as they are and should should we know should it be sort of known should it the conference at some level make it aware make teams or make media aware i, I don't know maybe not teams but at least make it make the media aware that hey uh so and so has entered into health and safety protocols, and they're not available. I I don't know what your thought is on that. I have thoughts on it for various reasons, but what's your thought on the COVID protocols within the conference right
9: now? I think the SWAC protocols are kind of similar to what you're seeing throughout the conference. The first game that jumped out in in my mind, I think Houston was playing Cincinnati in the American Conference, and this was right before SWAC season because they were in their conference season, and Houston had to forfeit that game. Not, not reschedule, forfeit, uh, because they had the COVID issues. And even in our conference, we've already had it. Prairie View had to forfeit uh, their first two games. Uh, I think I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. I, it doesn't matter to me whether, you know, it doesn't matter if Landon Bussey or someone, another coach. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I mean, because you have to have a certain number of players and coaches I mean, if if you don't have a head coach or your number one assistant, and if you don't have seven players, eight players, you can't play the game. I don't have a problem with it, you know. For me, I know it's tough, but we've been through this, and and it's it's kind of tough for me, you know, because I want to see these games get played because it does impact fans, it does impact these teams. And I know for Prave, you've Coach Smith. And I asked Coach Bussy about it the other day. How's Coach Smith doing? you don't know, have to forfeit the first two games. He said, hey, it is what it is. You just got to roll forward. And that's kind of where we are, as frustrating as it is. I don't have a problem with the protocols. You just have to make sure you got to continue to stay safe as best as you can and try to keep seven or eight players uh, safe. You got to keep your whole team, but at minimum so you can play the game. If not, you're going to have to forfeit the game. You know, we've got three assistant coaches – so, you know, Coach Bussey had, you know, COVID for the Minnesota game. The lead assistant, Coach Adams, was there. We could have played the game. But obviously with, you know, testing positive, you know, that game was canceled a couple hours before. I don't have a problem with the protocols. I just I just think we just have to stay as safe as we possibly can. And if you think about it, all right, so within the last week or two, other than Prairie View situation, I think Valley had a situation, we've had a pretty good run of all the games being played. Maybe we're turning yes. the corner in this thing. Maybe teams are being safe, safer, doing what they're supposed to do. Um, So hopefully, you know, we can be on the up and up and get all these games played from from here on out. But I'm realistic. I do understand there's going to be starts and stops.
1: But, Charles, is it the games being played or the quality of the games being played? Because I think sometimes we just got people who may just be out there with our favorite school's uniform on where you've got – number 10, 11, and 12, and two walk-ons playing starters minutes due to COVID versus uh, having your full eight-man rotation playing. And let's be real, Charles. Somewhere in, in March, this is going to affect what happens in Birmingham, be it a team that makes it to Birmingham versus a team that stays home somebody's going to benefit somebody's going to go be i hate to use the word penalized but somebody's gonna lose it and or this could possibly affect seeding, where we see matchups that we would see on day day two or day three of the tournament you may see it day one because of forfeits
9: here and there your opinion on that yeah i mean i think we hope knock on wood you know, I was at the Swap Basketball Tournament last year in Birmingham. I had to test after every game. Every team had to test after every game. It is, and I think it's affecting the quality of play right now. And, and that's why I'm taking a pause on terms of that, because I do understand and respect the starts and stops that these teams are having, not having their roster, quarantined, you don't have everybody. And I think that is impacting the quality of play that you're seeing right now. And that's why I'm a little bit more patient. I think a lot of fans, if if you're a if you're a fan of whatever team, you might not be patient. You want to see it off the charts right now, but well, that's that's probably not realistic. You got to take a pause and understand what what we're dealing with. And there's some teams that are doing it right, and but there are some teams that are not. And I'm not going to judge either way. It is what, as they say, it is what it is. The teams that are shorthanded, they just got to plow through it. The ones that are doing it the right way, good job but i do think it's impacting the quality and quantity of play because you don't have your players you might not have your your assistant um, so i mean we, we saw it with alabama and nm last week coach margaret richards was in covid protocols your head coach you, but you got two or three assistants so you, you know, so that does impact things too when you have the assistant coach running the team as compared to the head coach i think you're going to see more of that unfortunately until we get until we get on the other side of it i still think we're weeks away from that but as of right now, guys, we haven't had a cancellation or a forfeiture in the last couple of weeks. I hope that continues because I do think if that continues, I think the quality will go up when you have when you have a lot of your players available.
0: Good point. And, and hey, overall, the SWAC should be applauded. All the SWAC schools for me should be applauded because <laughs> you're getting games in. There, there are teams in the MEAC who have yet to play a conference game, and here we are going into the third week of January, and you've got some teams that have not played a conference game yet. So, uh, you know, we, 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 I bring all these things up, not to poo-poo on it, but to, this, hey, props to everybody for doing what you're doing. Uh, I, last, last question for you, Charles, before we let you out of here. The uh, attendance. How was the attendance uh, for the first home game? And, and what are you seeing from the attendance at some of the other uh, SWAC uh, contests that you've been on the road for thus far?
9: Um. Well, first of all, your first part party question. Last night for our first home game, I thought it would be a little bit more, to be honest, considering we're, we're kind of the buzz of the conference. But I do think COVID is playing a part in that too. A lot of our older alums and fans are just choosing to stay on the sidelines. If things get better, maybe later on when we play Jackson State and Southern at home, students are back. And I think that's the other part of it too. Students are not back. Our, our school has been paused until ne- not Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Um, but attendance, I would say, is below what I would expect at this time of year. But school's not in session. Students are not in session. The bands aren't back. I think once you get that, I think you'll have better attendance as we go forward. Good point. Good point. All
0: right. Uh, again, Alcorn State, 4-0 and right now in the SWAC on the men's side. Uh, sitting in first place as the lone unbeaten in SWAC play on Monday night, tomorrow on King Day. They're hosting Prairie View A&M, Coach Bussey's former program, former team where he was an assistant at. So I know the guys will be just as excited to get Coach a win against his old school, and uh, that'll be a good contest. That'll be a good contest. Prairie View coming off of a loss uh, on the road at Jackson State. So we'll see if the Braves can stay unbeaten before they hit the uh, Florida swing and uh, hey, the best thing you guys can hope for, if, if the weather stays like it is this weekend, the guys will stay indoors. They won't be on the beach. So uh, you know, but uh, man, but, but it could change, Charles. We could get we could get eighty degree weather and sunshine, and Aww, then you know man. that
9: it's all over, all over. Yeah. Well, well, well. You see what I'm wearing right now? A hoodie, right? I've already yes. looked at the forecast for Tallahassee and uh, Daytona. Highs in the 50s. If it gets to 70, that's a heat wave. I've already looked at the forecast. Yes. I thought I would bring some shorts next week. I thought I would lay on the beach next week. That ain't going to happen. I might need to bring a skull cap and gloves next week, Brian Fulford. You you got to do something you about that. To. You might
0: need to. This yes, is what we call uh, – I, I don't know if it's – you don't quite call it <laughs> put Hey, Brian, winter, let's, put we, a or- let's put an
1: order in for about 65 degrees and sunny so that way they go out and just – have fun outside. We, you do what you want to, Charles. We talking about those players, those Braves. So they go out and spend a little bit too much time running around, and then they're, they're tired when they uh, step into the losses center. You know, we don't care what y'all do in Daytona. We just care about where y'all step to the
9: losses center. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I tell right. you what. You know, Landon Bussy has a reign on his team, and I, based on what's going on, players aren't getting out and about at all. I mean, he's got he's got that cocoon around that program. And and he understands he can't afford to lose any more players due to COVID. You're getting tested. You know, be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. Because we're going to need everybody we can going to FAMU and and Bethune. I still believe win or lose tomorrow, those games in Florida could be two trap games. And if if we get trapped in those two games, the SWAC race is wide open again. Well said.
0: Uh, Make sure to follow Charles at Tallman Radio on Twitter. And uh, tune in if you can to the uh, Alcorn State Sports uh, network uh, you broadcast it on YouTube again, uh, Charles? Or uh, where can they catch the broadcast?
9: Yeah, you can catch it on the um, Allcorn State Sports YouTube channel. Uh, we, we we got that up, and uh, some I was getting some texts last night. Some folks were watching it. We're, we're cranking that up, so we'll be we'll be hot and running th- tomorrow. We're going to be the early game on the national holiday. I think we're playing at three o'clock for the women's games. Yep. Some of those are at five thirty, but we're we decided due to the holiday give folks a chance to get in early get home early and get ready for work. I think it's a good idea by Tim Smith, our athletics operations uh, manager, to change the time of the game. And for me, in a selfish way, because the Rams play at 7.30, so I'll be able to get home and, uh, and, uh, and catch Sean McVay and put my headset on and coach the game tomorrow night, the Rams in uh, Arizona. <laughs> exactly. Get those, get those candles and
0: prayer beads ready uh, for yes. that contest. Yes. Whatever, whatever it Absolutely. takes. All right. Uh, Charles, hey, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. I'll give you a call. i got, got some other things I wanted to shoot at you, so I'll, I'll give you a call later. I won't disturb you during the game, so I'm going to catch you later tonight. I'll give you a buzz. All right. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks again to Charles Edmonds, the voice of Alcorn State Sports Radio. We'll be back after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap.
5: Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to MangosCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131.
8: Say your mama hungry, papa hungry, brother hungry. Mangos
5: Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine.
8: Oh, oh, oh. My I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt.
5: Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
2: You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub.
8: Ooh, nice. Never not working.
7: Never, ever, never, ever not working.
2: Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one.
1: Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology.
2: Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the
3: historic West End. Q-Time soul food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard or call your order in at 404-758-2881 Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q Time, an Urban
4: Passport member <laughs>
0: All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, again, want to thank you guys out there watching us on YouTube and on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, please make sure you are subscribed to the uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks and our multitude of ways that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN one the number one. If you're on YouTube – Make sure you subscribe to that Jericho Broadcast Networks page uh, on myJBN1, excuse me, JBN1 on uh, YouTube and on Facebook. Make sure you are a part of whether it be the Sports Wrap or the Jericho Broadcast Networks BCSN. And then you can go download our app, the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google or Apple Play Store. Just search myJBN, myBCSN. So before we get to the debut of, I think this is now week three of our top five poll for Division One men and women, Division Two NAIA, I thought Drew and I would kind of do one final run through of the games from the Saturday, uh, mostly Saturday. I don't think most teams are playing Wednesday, Thursday games, but we we'll just kind of go through some of the action. And so I thought I'd start in the MiAC drew and just a little note here as i was looking through the scores in the MiAC men and women there are in the on the women's side of the bracket there are three schools that still have not played a conference game yet Howard, Maryland Eastern Shore and Dell State they have not played a game yet on the women's side and conference that, game and
1: yet. that is not by design
0: no, yeah, correct. Not by design. So, uh, that that's pretty uh, interesting. And those are games that I, I'm assuming they will work to try to reschedule, or they may end up being forfeits. I mean, there's no telling. Right now, they're they're trying to well, postpone. But
1: the B Act that put out a statement like the S I A C and the SWAC have. So, I guess they gives us latitude. Oh, they
0: did. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. It came out. Uh, matter of fact, it came out uh, the, actually the Monday, right after our show. So it's recently come out this week. Um, I, I've seen okay. it. Um, it's very similar to the uh, the what we've seen in the SIEC. but um,
1: bit of a big number story. Forfeit.
0: Correct, yeah. But they 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 want to try within a five day window. Try to reschedule as best as you can. Uh, big stories. For the women, uh, you had Coppin State with a 67-66 win over Morgan State. South Carolina State with a two-point victory over North Carolina Central. Um, so that was South Carolina State's first win of the season. They were previously 0-14, got their first win. And so now they sit in a tie for first place at 1-0 and with Coppin State and Norfolk State in the conference. And shout-out to Coppin State, Coach Lauren Harper, uh, again, that's a team who had a very tough year last uh, last year last spring, I guess. And to see them having the success that they're having, uh, props to her as they kind of sit right now at seven and seven overall. On the men's side, best game that uh, I mean, if you if you liked what you saw in the Coppin State Morgan State game, uh, you should have watched. You should have had an opportunity to watch the Norfolk State. Howard game Norfolk State on the road seventy seven to seventy four over Howard uh, Joe Bryant Jr. scored twenty four points and uh, on the road uh, Norfolk State goes two and zero in conference play eleven and four overall and Howard again Howard has not played a game in about two or uh, I'd say about three weeks so Howard really played well in that contest especially at one point they were down ten actually had the lead with about maybe two minutes to go before uh, they lost that game. So it was a good tune-up for Howard, who actually is hosting the University of Notre Dame on Monday uh, in Bird Gymnasium. Yes. So that's a big, big game for Howard. I believe that's
1: uh, of at 3 o'clock on Fox Sports, if I remember that correctly,
0: Brian. Okay. Yeah, so that's a big game for Howard. Of course, Coach Blakeney and uh, uh, Notre Dame's coach, Coach Bray, have a relationship back to their Duke days. So uh, that'll be a good game. Norfolk State and Coppin both sitting at 2-0 in the leader spot in the MIAC. Over in the SWAC, again, SWAC was an interesting day for the men because the top six teams going into Saturday all played each other. You had, at the time, you had number one Southern taking on – fifth-seeded or in fifth place, Grambling. Grambling got the win, 83-77. On a night win, Grambling, do you see who Grambling dedicated their uh, their court and hung a jersey up in the Raptors for?
1: That would be one Mr. Willis Reed. And, uh, you know, his claim to fame happened, Brian, well, after I was born but before you were born. Would be uh, the uh, well, the the New York Knicks day when he limped out on the court and scored the f- the first four points of the game and led them. No, that was been before we were born. Both of us was born. Yeah, because when that like seventy, that was the seventy team. That was nineteen seventy. I think because they won in seventy and seventy three. So yeah, yeah that was nineteen seventy. That was, was, was before we were both born. Both we, everybody on this production was born.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, shout out to Grambling for. Rec- I always look. I I don't know what always. Well, I don't. I don't I'm not going to go into it. But hey, congratulations, Grambling. Good job on uh, recognizing uh, Willis Reed. And hey, you got to win. him his roles, is
1: why he was still here.
0: Amen. Well, uh, exactly. Over uh, the top-seeded Southern, so that's Southern's first loss in conference play. Then you had number two Alcorn, going up against number three Texas Southern. We just talked about. Alcorn coming away with a one-point win, although Texas Southern had their shot. They had a chance to get that win, couldn't do it. And then, of course, you had uh, number four Alabama a losing by four points overall to Alabama State, who was in sixth. And so uh, now when you look at the standings on the men's side uh, for, for the SWAC, You've got the lone, the Lone Star is uh, lone unbeaten is Alcorn, followed up by Southern Texas Southern, then Grambling State, the two Alabama schools, and hey, Florida A&M, watch out, got a big win in overtime, might be sitting on the Player of the Year, the early favorite in my opinion for Conference Player of the Year, M.J. Randolph averaging 24 a game in swat competition, uh, early favorite, nobody else is even close to 20 in terms of points per game. So, um, you know, very – I just had to put that out there. <laughs> uh, let's kind of flip over, Drew, to the – over in the uh, SIAC. you mentioned on the women's side, Savannah State continues rolling. I mean, Savannah State women continue to roll as they are now, I believe, 13-0. That 13-0 be overall and uh, their record in conference play – Currently sits at 9-0 in conference play as they got a win uh, last night. Uh, I believe that was against uh, – uh, I'm looking at the schedule now. I'm trying to see how quickly I can pull that up for you. Uh, it was uh, Fort Valley State, yeah, by 38. So, again, they continue with their large margins of victory. Um, Albany State gets a two-point win over Allen – Lane College, 64-47 over spring. Miles, 76-62 over uh, central. And so, um, Tuskegee Tuskegee was off. Kentucky State was off. Uh, Edward Waters and Clark got postponed. But um, when you look at the standings for the women's side, Benedict is sitting in second place in the East Division. Miles is still sitting in first place by just about a half a game in the loss column over Lane uh, five and three Tuskegee only played four conference games so far. They're sitting at three and one. So by percentages or no, I guess wins wins count. So obviously miles and lane are in first place. Although Tuskegee has the best win percentage in conference. So uh, again, I, I can never figure out the SIC and how they're doing things, but uh, anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> especially look, on the. Look, uh, I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Look
1: on on the women's side. We need to look. We need to look to this Saturday. Benedict, Savannah State, play this Saturday, in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, right now, that's a scheduled for an evening game at 5 30 uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. So, uh, and that game looks like that will be live streamed, Brian, on uh Benedict Tigers uh uh sports network. So, uh, yeah, that that's gonna be the game to determine whether Savannah is for real because we know what Benedict can do, we haven't seen what. Savannah does when they go up against that level of competition this year because their game against Tuskegee was postponed earlier this year.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think Savannah State is for real. I I just think this is their test. Much like Tuskegee uh, a year ago, I guess in the spring, Tuskegee was for real. You just needed to see them prove it against Benedict and sort of overcome that, uh, that, that opponent. Uh, moving over to the men in the SIEC, Miles got a victory over Central State. Morehouse with a win over Benedict. Albany State by 30-plus over Allen. Lane with a three-point win over Spring Hill. And so when you look at the standings over in the SIAC on the men's side, uh, you have Benedict sitting in first place with a 7-1 conference record. Morehouse right behind them at 7-2 over on the east side on the west side it's miles with a five and one conference record followed by tuskegee and lane a little bit tighter there from one to four in the in the west division Uh, although i you know it was interesting i look at the total games played again the discrepancies are amazing from one school to the next drew and it's just head scratching but uh i I do want to well Go ahead, what you were going well, go to say something. I'm going to – Well, I was going yeah.
1: to say, traditionally, the SIAC has always been like that, even in pre-COVID times when you see sub-schools are heavily, heavily front-loaded with conference games, and sub-schools are heavily back-loaded with conference games. The SIAC schedule has always seemed to be like that. So, uh, you know – it don't be surprised with that as of uh, right now. And also a team that I want to see uh, Brian and keep an uh, eye out for is Lamar on with uh, Bonzi Wells as their first year coach. You know they've been streaky. They've went. They've won two, three in a row. They've lost two, three in a row. I want to see if they can figure it out before it gets down into a uh, conference tournament time.
0: Okay, over in the CIAA on the men's side of things, there's two unbeaten's left in conference play. That's Virginia Union, sitting at four and zero in conference play, eleven and three overall. Lincoln, PA, uh, I believe Lincoln lost uh, this past Saturday, uh, and and so Lincoln drops to four and one in conference play. They're still eleven and five overall. The other unbeaten in conference play, Fayetteville State, at four and zero. Nine to five overall. Behind them, Winston Salem State, um, who's sitting at uh, who's sitting at four and two, and so that's that's over on the uh, men's side. And uh, yeah, I just mentioned Lincoln, PA, uh, losing Bowie State with an eighty-two seventy-six win over Lincoln, PA. Um, Virginia Union with an eighteen-point win over Virginia State. That was a big win. Winston Salem gets a three-point victory over Saint Aug. Shaw with a ten-point win over Elizabeth City State. Uh, Livingstone with a three-point win over Claflin. And I got to give some props to the CIAA schools and the CIAA network. Good to see that uh, you want to watch some CIAA basketball. It's easy to find. It's accessible, and uh, you, you've got some. You've got some audio commentary. In most of those games. So uh just want to give a personal shout out to the CIAA and the CIAA network uh for what they're doing. Over on the women's side, let's see, the women's side of things over in the northern division, you've got Elizabeth City State and Lincoln PA both sitting at four and one in conference play, but you got Virginia State with five wins. In conference, and all three of those teams. When you start getting into division, I guess that's how they separate. You know who's going to come out in what seed in the CIAA based on division. So all those teams are one and zero in division play, and then over in the southern side and conference play, it's it's a really a cluster because uh anybody from Claflin, Johnson C. Smith, and Saint Aug on the women's side. All are one and zero in division, but their conference records are kind of scattered. Nobody really above five hundred over there on the southern side of the CIAA. Um, we talked a little bit earlier, Drew, about uh, Paul Quinn. Uh, Paul Quinn, of course, still unbeaten, uh, managed to pick up a big win the other day with a victory over. Um
1: non tournament uh, eligible Paul Quinn let's, let's, let's put yeah. that out there
0: yeah you yeah it, but they're but they you know they're unbeaten though in conference play uh i believe they're 15 and 0 overall 4 and 0 in conference play with a 66 65 win in overtime in that contest uh that was over Houston Tillison i believe is who they got that uh who they got that win over if i'm if i'm seeing that correctly i had it but then i lost it so um I believe man, that was Houston. yeah it was over Houston-Tillison 66 to 65 um also looking at a couple of postponements there uh Xavier's game against Wiley got postponed uh Texas College's game against LSU Shreveport got postponed uh Jarvis Christian lost in double overtime to LSU Alexandria national ranked LSU Alexandria, they lost that game ninety six to eighty nine. Um, LSU Alexandria, number fourteen, right, fourteenth rank. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned the fact that uh, Stillman got the win in that contest on the buzzer beater against um, uh, William uh, William Carey uh, University. Um, I don't have. Let me see. I think Talladega was off uh, they got a win on Thursday against Dillard uh, their old GCAC rival they got a 7573 win over Talladega and so Monday night Talladega travels out to Bruton Parker and that's when you know they've got a contest on uh, on that day so just kind of doing a quick little glance up ahead to see if there's any interesting matchups coming up there. All right, Drew, you ready to give the uh you ready to let people know the top 5 basketball rankings as they are after 3 weeks. We ready to run this through?
1: Sure, sure, sure. But before we do that, uh I just want to chime in on a couple of uh comments off of uh Facebook and uh and Twitter. Excuse me, Facebook and YouTube. Uh let's see. Space Age 3000 said, would you say HBCU basketball is much more on course to contending with the PWI schools day in and day out? Joseph Davis says, HBCU teams collectively need to secure more out-of-conference wins, especially against mid-majors. Uh, just try to pick out uh, some... Karen Griffin, both AT and FAMU are aiming for all one status by 2030. And Dr. Cavill came in. I'm not sure who he was responding to. Won an NAIA basketball championship as well. I'm not quite sure where that uh who that comment was uh, that, directed at. Go
0: back to that comment by Karen again. She said R one. Is that yes. what
1: she said? Or D A T, yeah. AT and Fabio are able for all one status by 2030.
0: All I'm, oh. I'm not really sure
1: that not that sure was research schools. The research schools,
0: oh, okay, okay, academic stuff, okay,
1: yeah, academic, yeah. I know we're a sports show, sometimes you. <laughs> You, you can't be so narrowly focused there, Brian.
0: <laughs> I, look, I am what I am, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got you. I can I only got contain. Got you. I can only contain so much. But even when you start talking to academics, I I can I can shake my head and and say, you know, oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Really? You know, there I can I can formulate a question. <laughs> you, you learn well at SBI. <laughs> I did. I, they taught me how to, be able to a Yes, they taught me how to formulate a question. I may mean, not know what the heck I'm, 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 I'm hearing, but I can formulate a question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. there we go. Hey,
1: uh, whoa, um, hey, what was it back in that day? Workforce 2000. That was always our go-to question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Joseph Davis said we moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky high
0: high. We know what that's in reference to, man. Well, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we are. We are. Okay. Um, all right. Coming up. uh, Yeah. Top five rankings. Again, these are uh computer formulated rankings, uh, here with the black college sports network, basketball rankings. We dropped the top five men and women on the D one, and D2 in the NAIA level. What, you wanted to add something?
1: Yeah, Dr. Kavir just shot me a text. He clarified what he was talking about or that comment on YouTube. Willis Reed won an NAIA championship. That's what he was referring to when we were ah, okay. talking about Willis Reed. Yeah, we were talking about the yes. NA, uh, NCAA championships. <laughs> Excuse me, not NCAA, okay. NBA championships. Yes, he did win uh NAIA championship with Grambling. I believe that was uh, in a late 50s, remember, like 58, 59. No, that was Tennessee State around there. Uh, Doc, if you pay attention, if you can shoot me that year, I do remember uh, Grambling winning. I just, long before I was born, so I don't know what year that was.
0: Anyway, speaking
1: of Division yeah. One,
0: let's get to these Division One the rankings. 60s. Probably in the 60s. Hey, uh, yeah. okay, here we go. Top five uh, Division One men's. So I'm going to start from five to one. Uh, number five coming in. Uh, with an overall record of 3-14, and 14, but a 1-0 and 0 record in conference. Uh, Coppin State barely coming in <laughs> above. Uh, Coppin State now happens to have the fourth toughest strength of schedule uh, this particular season. They come in at number five. Number four is Texas Southern out of the swag, Five and nine. Three and two in conference play. Number three. Alcorn State, the Braves, come in with a 5-11 record, 4-0 in conference play. Number two, formerly number one, Southern University, 7-8 comp- overall record, 3-1 now in conference play. And the new number one at the Division I level, Norfolk State, the Spartans got a big road win uh, sitting at 8-4. Two and zero in conference play, and of course, just a reminder: we we don't include games against lower division um, opponents. So even though Norfolk may say they're eleven and four, which they have every right to do, uh, in our as a as a count for us, we only count their division one uh, opponents. Uh, just on the outside was North Carolina A T, Alabama State, and Alabama A and M. Just on the outside uh, of the top five. That was
1: 1961, according to Dr. Cavill. Uh, when, with, I was going to say, I knew it was day, 60s. NAIA.
0: I knew it was the 60s. I, I you know, Tennessee told me State won.
1: Tennessee State won in the late 50s when they won the NAIA championship. So that would that's out. That's
0: right. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice if our social media directors at our schools, as much as we can, as much as they put out information on Twitter and Instagram, and you got Greek strolling and doing all this other stuff. Every now and then, it'd be nice if you drop the uh, "Hey, back in the day," just a little historical, you know, thing, just a historical nugget. You know, let you you have a chance to educate students and young people about all of the great things that your program did. And whether it be because they wouldn't let us be in their games, or we dominated in 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 conferences and leagues with them because we had the best players in our conferences. Most of
1: us don't realize all HBCUs were NAIA back in the day. We we were not always NCAA schools. But I digress. That's a show for another day, Brian. Let's get into these women's rankings. You're right. Way to get me back on topic. All
0: right, here we go. Uh, top five in the Division One Women's category. I'm gonna start with number five. UAPB got a big win over Florida A&M the other day. They are now six and eight overall, three and two in conference. Number four is the Norfolk State Women, sitting at four and seven overall, one and zero oh in conference play. Number three, moving up, I believe, is Jackson State. Jackson State. Uh, it's, it's a tight race between one, two, and three. I, I just want people to notice. So as you hear these three teams, it's very tight. Jackson State sitting at six and six, four and oh, unbeaten in conference play. The number two team, I, I don't think they were in the top five last week. So this is a uh, props to them. It's Coppin State. The Coppin State Eagles sitting at seven and seven overall, one and oh in conference play. And the number one team still for the third week in a row, the Tennessee State Lady Tigers, but the gap between first, second, and third is getting shorter. The Lady Tigers are eight and seven overall, four and one in conference play. So, um, got a couple of programs with uh, two schools there. Uh, I think what uh, Coppin State and Norfolk State, both with uh, with teams in the uh, in the top five. So. Uh, pretty good. Just on the outside, you've got Alabama State, Hampton, and Southern; those three schools. Just on the outside, looking in. Let's go down to the Division II level on the men's side. Division II men's top five. We're going from five to one. Number five, Winston-Salem State. The Rams come in with an overall record of ten and four, four and three overall. Lincoln, PA. Moves to number four, 11 and five overall, four and one in conference play. Benedict comes in just barely over Lincoln, PA in terms of points, eleven and four record. They are seven and one in conference play. Number two, Fayetteville State, nine and five overall, unbeaten in the CIAA and also unbeaten, but sitting in the number one spot, Virginia Union. Uh, Virginia Union, the Panthers coming in right now, uh, 11 and 3 overall, 4 and 0 in conference. And, uh, Miles College just barely missing the top five. And, uh, Morehouse also just very close to making the top five as well. You Should be noted. Barely
1: missed it, Miles barely missed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, bar- barely missed it. Barely missed it. Um, when it comes to the top five in terms of strength of schedule, Fayetteville State coming in with the second toughest strength of schedule, and so to see them sitting at number two, pretty impressive. Uh, making the most out of their um, out of their contests when they have them.
1: Hey, hey okay, Brian, jump you know what this looks time. like? Yeah, but, quickly, you know what this looks like. Looks like a CIAA party, and Benedict crashed it by coming in at number three.
0: Well said. It does. It does. Definitely. The CIAA coming in strong. Um, you know, we'll see what that means later on down the road. Is the CIAA a better Division II conference right now than the SIAC? Sure shaping up to look that way, huh? How about on the sure. women's side, though? Might not be able to say that on the women's side, though. Uh, we've got three SIAC schools in the top five, and one of them just on the outskirts. So for the Uh, For the women's side, you've got sitting in uh, fifth place Tuskegee, the Golden Tigers in fifth place with an eight and two record, three and one in conference play. Number four, Elizabeth City State, eleven and two overall, four and one in conference play. Right above them in the three spot, Lincoln, PA, coming in at eleven and four, four and one in conference play. Benedict College just barely over Lincoln PA 11 and five is their record. They are six and one in conference play and the new number one team in division two Savannah state unbeaten 13 and 0, 8 and zero in conference play. And you just kind of knew eventually the wins uh, would eventually help them and push them forward. And so Savannah state, the new number one in division two, All right, no comment from yeah. Drew. All right, we'll keep moving here. I thought you might have added uh, Did, you, so mention, you, did you, added? Mention, you mentioned
1: Miles, West Virginia State, and uh, Virginia State on the outside looking in.
0: You just did. There you go. Okay. All <laughs> right, I got you. Oh, and by the
1: way, you know I got to throw my Tuskegee piece in. Tuskegee still in the top five despite being idle for the last two weeks.
0: Okay. Won't last for long if they don't get some wins in. So hopefully everybody's staying safe and they actually are able to get some games in over there in Tuskegee. All right. Last division here is the NAIA level. So we'll go from five to one starting in the men's number five, you've got Florida Memorial down in South Florida. There, they come in at nine and 10 overall five and three in conference. They have the fourth toughest schedule among HBCUs in uh, NAIA, number four Xavier, now part of the Red River. They are ten and two overall, two and one in conference play. Number three Stillman comes in with eleven and three record, four and three overall. Number two, formerly was number one for the last couple weeks. That was Talladega College. They are now number two, uh, just dropping. 14 and 1 overall, 4 and 0 in conference play. The new number one, Paul Quinn, unbeaten, 13 and 0, 4 and 0 in conference play, barely taking a spot away from Talladega. So, uh, shout out to Paul Quinn moving into the one spot um, again. What we're seeing with Paul Quinn and uh, Savannah State uh, previously. Uh, the, the, you know, winning winning matters. Eventually, it adds up. So, uh, shout out to Paul Quinn, the new number one on the NAIA men in our week number three. Let's move over to the ladies. The ladies on the women's side, number five, Florida Memorial. Sitting at number five, seven and six overall, five and one in conference play. Number four is Stillman College. Uh, Stillman comes in at six and six, two and three in conference play. Should be noted, Stillman has the number three toughest schedule among HBCU uh, programs. Number three, Langston. Langston uh, just suffered a loss, I believe, just this past weekend. Yes. Yeah, they split. They are now. Week. Yeah, they are now twelve and four, eight and three in conference play. Number two, Rust College. Rust coming in with eleven 11-3 record. Um, I don't have any conference games by Rust GCAC yet. GCAC so.
1: has not played any conference games.
0: Okay. Good to know. GCAC note. usually and, uh,
1: doesn't play until February.
0: Mm-hmm. And the uh, the consistent, the standard is the standard in the NAIA. It's Talladega. For the third consecutive week, The Tornadoes, the Lady uh, Tornadoes come in uh, number one for the third consecutive week, 10-4 and four overall, 5-2 and two, uh, in conference play. They have the number two ranked strength, uh, second toughest strength of schedule is actually what I want to say there uh, for Talladega. Just on the outside, uh, you've got Xavier and Paul Quinn women both kind of sitting on the outskirts along with the Virgin Islands. Look at that, trying to find An their eight. way.
1: I had UVI had games today against uh another HBCU. I believe it may be Rust, if I remember that correctly. I saw that uh when I was looking through the schedules today. They've got uh back to back games uh at home in the Virgin Islands. What a way to spend your king day going down to the Virgin Islands, Brian.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that would have been nice if uh if I'd have known that was an opportunity there that, that that uh that I could have taken a, been a part of. You
1: know? I'm I'm gonna blame my I'm gonna blame my CEO for not seeing that on the schedule and uh booking
0: us to produce that game. Ah, uh, nice. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um any final words, Drew, as we uh get ready to, to close out this show.
1: Uh well, this is King Weekend, you know, a day of service. Uh that that we traditionally ask people to give. So, uh, you know, make, make sure that you find something appropriate to give your time. We always give it money. Well, let me rephrase that. We always supposed to be giving money, but, uh, you know, your time could be just as valuable as, uh, as the money that you give. And on a personal note, uh, tomorrow is my, not only my mother's birthday, but my brother's birthday, also. So happy birthday, y'all!
0: Wow, okay, January 17th. That's awesome, All yeah. right. Well, yeah, uh, mom had my, my little brother on her birthday. Nice, happy birthday, Mama Drew. All right, uh, um, don't, don't, don't,
1: hey, hey, I would tell you what she said, don't ever call me Miss
0: Drew. <laughs> that's why i say you know what for some reason that's why i said i'm not gonna do it. that that's why i just said it that way i told i'm told me not to do that um want to give a shout out to uh i believe on saturday the uh the akas alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated had their founders day on saturday um my mother forget and the kappas earlier both. this week I don't have any family members that are capitalists. So I, I my, my I don't okay. anyway. Uh yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh Saturday. I was going with something that was personal to me. Uh so that's yeah, that's all right. Uh, you can shout them out all you want. Um so shout out to the AKs on uh Saturday. Uh, and then I believe today the Zetas, uh Zeta Five Beta had their founder's day. So my my niece and of course uh, she is a, a Zeta Zeta woman, and uh so shout out to shout out to them uh, for their Founders Day. A lot January is like the big Founders Day month, isn't it? Everybody had their organizations yeah. founded in January. I, I think.
1: Well, I say I think S U R O had theirs uh, earlier this month. Uh, yeah. You know the Alphas this month.
0: It, it makes sense. January is the start of a new year, you know, so it, it makes sense, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So All yeah, right. why not? It uh was- yeah, make sure to make sure to watch out for some good basketball tomorrow in the uh, on the schedule, especially for the SWAC. And then, of course, check out that Howard University Notre Dame game as uh, the uh, Fighting Irish come into Bird Gymnasium. And hopefully, we'll get some more games where you know, instead of our HBCUs going out to PWIs for a paycheck. You know, maybe those schools will come to an HBCU more often and uh, hopefully it draws attendance. Although this being a COVID year again, who knows what will happen. So that's all we can say on that. So I want to give a shout out to, again, our producer Melody for uh, helping us out and getting the show going. Shout out to uh, producer Roy and all his efforts and make sure you are tuned in to the Black College Sports Network this week. A full host of shows. Any show that you miss, you can find on the BCSN Pod Zone. That's everywhere, anywhere that you download and subscribe and listen to podcasts. You can find all of our shows in a timely manner on the BCSN Pod Zone. So uh, all, we're everywhere um, and everywhere and more. That's all I got. So that's going to do it for this show. I'm Brian Fulford. He's AD Drew. And uh, for all of us on the sports rap, we say peace out, stay safe, God bless you. I holla.